Welcome to Altus Insights podcast series with Ray and Marlin, hosted by me, Avi. This podcast will cover monthly market updates and construction cost impacts across major markets in Canada. ESG is a hot topic at the moment, so we'll center today's podcast around that, focused on development. ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance and is a set of criteria for evaluating stocks used by investors who want to keep their portfolios as socially responsible as possible. There are a set of standards for a company's operations that socially conscious investors use to screen potential investments and to identify risks and opportunities that could affect a firm's long-term sustainability. Let's get started with the discussion, starting with a question for Ray. demand for ESG driving the market, especially now that it's become more of a requirement for pension funds and institutions? Yeah, one thing is a requirement or getting so. Um, It's just smart business practice. If you look at uh, the whole um, environmental social governance, that's the direction that um, I think we as industry should be heading, especially with investing responsibly and how that's impacting the, the the environment and um, as well as how we treat others in diversity and make sure that everyone is is heard from, from that perspective. But the big thing is having more accountability in regards to um, keeping us in check. So it's just not a, a selling feature of a, a particular company, but is actually a belief embedded in the cultures. And and I really believe that that that's really um, going to help individual companies and in how they attract um, great talent and retain those people as well. So I think the ESG is more of a uh, of a, a thing that we should be doing rather than what we have to be doing. And and I think what we're going to see, especially with with uh, Marlon's comments later on on um, how that's sort of impacting positively on, um, on 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 real estate and real estate investment, especially for real estate, according to the the car, uh, the um, the Carbon Leadership Forum that building and construction sectors make up 40% of the global energy related to carbon dioxide. So we've done a really good job in in really impacting the efficiencies part. What we're trying to get towards, uh, move towards, is looking at the building materials and that component that is sort of embedded into the, the buildings and property. So I, I think it's something that, that companies are... Not, Yes, it's becoming more of a requirement and an expectation, but something that we should be doing. Yeah, and I, um, I'll lay on to that in a second, but one quick thing is last time we did the Valentine's edition, no one sent me any flowers and I was extremely disappointed. And secondly, for today's thing, I actually wore my Nirvana t-shirt, very tenuous link, but not just wearing a, a, a shirt like Ray. I actually stepped out from the corporate side of things a little bit. Um, I think one of the things to highlight around ESG is that corporations and REITs, they're also contributing to ESG at that corporate level through, I think Ray mentioned diversity of hiring, but there's also stuff like engagement in communities, innovative strategies like uh, retail owners hosting farmers markets, um, when we deal with the stuff I tend to deal with in a day-to-day, we're, we're sort of on the tools, so to speak. So looking at construction, retrofit, or full renovation, 
Um, the decisions to go for ESG tends to be in a larger organization at the board level, and then enacting these decisions on the development side tends to move the development teams, which for some assets, I think is a little easier than others, which we'll talk about later. The other thing I think with ESG is some aspects, especially around the sustainability side, are driven by government. And they're driven by government mandates as well. So it's not just always the corporate decision to do it. Um, and we have to remember in the current fiscal era, basically uh, government's responsibility when it comes to budgeting is someone else's problem. After all, famously, uh, budgets balance themselves. Um, then we tend to see the requirements of construction more so around uh, the step in Vancouver, TGS in Toronto and the changes in Montreal. So there's a, a number of factors that contribute to the decisions to make ESG. And I'm with Ray. I think it's something we, we should be doing. We shouldn't need the government to force us into doing it. Yeah, I agree. Great answers. Thank you. The next question will be targeted to both of you. So whichever one of you want to respond, please feel free. So many global companies have committed in their strategies to achieve net zero over the next five to 10 years. And we're seeing more of a focus on diverse hiring, as you just mentioned, Marlon, and uh, operational practices and, and building operations like the type of power being used, the cleaning supplies being used. Can you tell us a bit more about net zero and how Canadian companies are positioned for the ESG commitment? Um, net zero basically means achieving net zero emissions if we're dealing just with net zero. So that basically means either emitting no greenhouse gases or offsetting the emissions. Easiest way to offset emissions would be plant lots of trees. Obviously, that was a government policy at one point, let's plant a billion trees. Um, and it, it tends to mean producing more clean energy than you consume. Um, so it's a mix of energy efficiency and re reducing the need and then adding in renewables such as geothermal and solar. All in all, it, it tends to be a focus, not just on energy, but that better living experience uh, when we talk about real estate. There's also a lot of other terms that I think do confuse the public a little bit, like there's net zero ready. That's why basically a building's built to the standards on energy efficiency, but doesn't have the um, renewables plugged in yet. Something like that would be similar to where the BC step code's heading and TGS. Um, I think those terms in the market cause a lot of confusion with the wider public. And then another example I know we spoke about before we did the, the, the podcast was offices having gender neutral bathrooms. Um, the new projects we're seeing, it's becoming somewhat universal. And I think it's a great step in demonstrating ESG is not just about LED lights. It's how, and more importantly, who uses the building and creating comfort that's more than just, it's not just about temperature. It's the actual use of that building and how the building's been used. It's, it's a different mindset. And just to um, look at from a Canadian perspective, that um, Canada right now is the second largest producer of hydroelectricity in the world, and it accounts for you know fifty nine percent of the country's electricity supply. And if you if you look at um, Quebec, um, it, it generates ninety five percent of electricity through um, hydroelectricity. So. From that perspective, Canada already sort of has a bit of an advantage in how it's um, uh, how it's powering um, its its, um, its its buildings. So it's a bit of a head start um, from both the owner standpoint and as well as from a tenant standpoint in achieving um, some of those goals. So I think. Um, from a Canadian perspective and the Canadian companies and how they've embraced this, I think we're 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 um, at a, a a good point and good inflection point. And right now, I think the focus is not is to implement these these um, initiatives, but as well as having 
benchmarks, accountabilities, and being transparent so we can actually see the differences with um, how how companies operate. And um, as, as Marlon mentioned earlier, with respect to hiring practices and just, just hearing um, the different people within the organization and not just um, the, the senior people and having that interaction, both um, internally as well as externally and how we deal with our clients and community. That's great. Thank you. Uh, so this question will be targeted more toward Marlin, but Ray, feel free to add anything. So is it difficult to make performers work with these kind of standards? How can you balance your performa and what what sort of cost premiums are we seeing? It's a, it's a little more of a complex question because it does vary from asset type. I mean, the most recognizable ESG sustainability in initiatives, I think we've mentioned TGS in Toronto, Step in BC, Montreal with the modifications recently. Uh, before that, there was the LEED standards, which were very recognizable for a long, long time. I think Canada's got the second most LEED, uh, LEED certified buildings in the world. Um, Passive House has been in BC. We're starting to see out, out east. Fit well, well standards, like if you keep going on. Um, again, I still believe that contributes to some public confusion on it. Um, some of these are optional, some of them are mandatory, so some of them have to be in the pro forma, some of them are a corporate decision to do. And the cost premiums really vary based on the baseline. It's very critical to define that baseline, and the baseline varies from each project and each asset time, i.e. what is the minimum expectation that was always in the market or what was always produced before, because you can't just say something's necessarily a premium. Is it 5%? Is it 10%? Devil's in the detail. I'll talk some specific numbers in a moment. I think it's also important to remember this is a worldwide challenge. So this isn't made in Toronto. Or this isn't punishment from the, the council in Vancouver. This, this is a good thing that we should all be on board with. Um, and it's not a left or right issue either. Um, it's a people kind challenge. Um, it's easy to say we want it. It's much harder to balance the pro forma, especially in the residential high rise market. Um, it's very difficult to balance without some degree of incentives, and it's getting a little more difficult. And um, TGS is a great example. We have tier two, three, and four. They have the same DC rebate. So basically, the, the city of Toronto has come out and said, we only want you to get tier two. In fact, we only want you to get tier one. If you get to tier two, we'll throw in a couple of pennies. If you go over that, that's yeah, on you. That basically sends the complete wrong message. So stuff like density bonus in, some sort of incentive to green up the building makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. You start to look at an office. Offices have been high ESG and leading the way for a while. Um, and that's it's been all recent history has been in that direction, especially at the tier A side of things. Um, and it's driven by the the tenant, the larger tenants, institutional investors uh, that they kind of willing to pay for it to a degree. Um, residential doesn't have the tenants driving it. So rent increase is more difficult to establish. And there's a lack of momentum, I think, on the, the, the residential side. I think it's starting to build home, but it's education. Um, and you start looking over the last few years now at stuff like passive house, high TGS standards. Um, I don't think there is any private building over tier two at the moment yet. And generally the changes in step TGS version four that are coming in, they're around a five to $15 a square foot premium on a residential project, be that condo or rental. And going to net zero is going to be about $40 a square foot, could be 35, could be $60 a square foot. An office building, class A, going lead gold or platinum, it was going to go for that anyway. So the premium in essence is zero. No matter what I do as a cost analysis, you were going to do it anyway. So is that a premium? I'd argue no, or it's nominal. So how do you get to the targets? How do you balance the pro forma? Um, recent trends, especially we've seen is geothermal is very, very popular. Um, that's both energy efficient, can help in the pro forma. There's a number of companies that provide solutions. Upgraded the envelopes, the most expensive one. Um, 
But don't just accept the first upgrade of the envelope. This is where you need an energy model and make them earn their fee. Look at alternates, try and get it down. CLT, I know Ray was a big fan of CLT. I'm a huge fan of CLT. Looks absolutely amazing. Local trade, sustainable. Bit of a premium cost. There's an advantage in time. I think as the market share increases, it's going to become more and more popular, more cost-effective. Also, with former can steel increasing at the current pr price, CLT might actually just naturally become cheaper. Um, and then the stuff removes in gas supplied equipment, carbon heavy, like uh, Ray mentioned. Hydro in Quebec's nice and cheap. Not as much fun in Ontario. Thank you very much, windmills. Um, and I think the bigger issues actually on the revenue side, which where Ray can drop in in a second, is the office had an offset in revenue. Residential doesn't. An office deals with a large tenant that's driven by similar goals. When you go to high-rise residential, even low-rise residential, you're basically deal dealing with a million different purchases or tenants. Do they like it? Well, the ones with the tinfoil hat, without the tinfoil hats are interested in saving the planet. The challenge is, do they want to pay for it? Well, in theory, they'd say yes, but then when the rubber hits the road, they're going to say, uh, I don't think so, because we're already unaffordable. So if now we add 10 to 15% on a rent or a purchase price, is that really an affordable solution? So the performer's got a balance. That means, which is a similar theme I think we'll go for an affordability previously, that means that the revenue's got to increase or the incentives have got to increase. Inclusion is only about to add $50 to $100 a square foot to the price for a condo in Toronto. So how much more can the market bear? Yeah, and Marlon, to your point, especially on the office market, that when um, lead certification originally came out, that there was... Uh, there was a thought with um, tenants um, willing to pay higher rents. Um, and initially, um, I think tenants really embraced the whole green concept because it's not just um, that it's um, certain savings and uh, more of a healthy work environment, but it was a way to really attract and retain talent. But now it, it also got to the point that um, similar to your comments on the residential that some of the tenants sort of expected that weren't willing to sort of pay, pay that premium. And this was, 10 to 15 years ago. So we're at that same point now where the, the especially the new build, especially with Vancouver and Toronto, um, in the last couple of years, despite the overall uh, office uh, availability rates moving upwards, we, did, we haven't seen any sort of major lease cancellations on uh, on the new builds so is actually attracting more interest and you're also actually seeing reflective of some of the net effect of rents actually increase in some of the newer office buildings because because it has these type of amenities um, and as well as you know better filter system better uh, space layout less columns so on and so forth that are attracting uh, companies that want to want to uh, make sure that office space is is um, you, know, you have social distancing, uh, some flexibility to to create um, uh, sort of uh, collaboration areas, um, and 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 you're seeing a, a, that the, that they are looking to pay a little bit more, and it's reflective in a new space. But it'd be interesting with the existing space and whether or not it needs to be retrofitted, and what the costs have to be, or the capital improvements that need to put put in. In, in the space to get at a certain standard and how those buildings are going, going to compete going forward, especially with you know, close to, you know, cl close to what, 25 million square feet that's going to be built over the next um, five to seven years. Mm -hmm. Really, really good points. And I was actually going to ask about uh, whether it commands higher rent and if there's a demand 
But I think you guys already answered that, that it really depends on the asset class. And there is a demand, but people are, are only willing to pay to an extent. Uh, and, and, and to that point, uh, it, with Marlon's comment earlier, it really depends on location. It depends on the type of building and depending on the, the type of use. And you look at at um, office and offices in news right now just because of higher um, availability rates and what we've gone through the last couple of years. But if you look at the premiums now being paid for industrial warehouse buildings that have more people operating in, especially with with um, some of the more sophisticated um, stacking and racking with the warehouse distribution, that you know th- there's a lot more light that, that is being punched into the into those boxes and a lot more focus on on air quality and other amenities in office buildings and in 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 uh, in industrial now we're seeing uh, especially some rents in the suburbs actually at the same rent um net rents as office if not higher so for industrial and based on the market that this willingness to pay for that 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 premium one is because of shorter space but two it also it also um really depends on on the need by by the companies, and we're starting to see that switch. So, industrial is actually looking a lot nicer, and again, is is reflective of the need of uh, of of the tenant. So, definitely with with industrial, there there is a need to uh, people are more willing to pay um, um, higher rents um, for 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 that type of space. Yeah, I think in general, ESG is something people want to do, and we're seeing the market take care of that naturally on itself. I think the thing we've got to watch is too much government intervention in trying to force a narrative or force something that's not happening naturally or trying to speed it up faster than the market can bear on the revenue side. I think we're naturally going to head towards uh, the, the net zero with or without the government just because it's good social practice. And I think especially in a country like Canada, we're very, very open to these sort of ideas. Um, so I think it's making sure that the, the market's not punished or forced into doing something. It lets it ha- happen naturally. And I think in the end, we'll get to the same target everybody wants to get to, but the market's going to get there at a pace that's reasonable where the end users are not going to be punished unduly and revenues will stay more in a little more balance with marginal increases over time driven by other factors. Really great points and and great insights as always. Thank you guys. And before we close this off, any final remarks or anything keeping you up at night? Any any last things that you would like to include? Sorry, no. Marlon. No, I, I was going to say around ESG. I suppose I already made my 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 final comment. Um, Obviously, right now, this is recorded in advance, so there's stuff happening in the world that probably keep us up at night. Uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully there's a peaceful resolution to what's happening in Ukraine, but obviously our heart goes out in that direction. So I'd say that definitely keeps us all up at night right now. Absolutely. I was just thinking the same. Yeah, I wasn't sure when this would be released, but hopefully by the time it's released, things are things are looking much better. Uh, well, well, thank you both so much again, as always, for your incredibly valuable insights and for your great discussion. I'm again grateful that I always get to learn from you and I'm happy that now the audience gets to learn from you as well. And uh, thank you to anyone that's tuned in. Thank you for listening in and for taking the time. If you'd like to contribute to the discussion, please feel free to comment below. Or if there are other topics that you'd like us to cover, please feel free to write those down as well. Or you can email us directly. Thank you all very much and hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. 
Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening into our episode on ESG. Make sure to tune into our next podcast, which will be centered around purpose-built rental, where we'll discuss cap rates, get into the growing pipeline and demand in major markets, look at performas for purpose-built rentals versus condos, and more. I want to take this opportunity to announce some exciting news, starting with the upcoming release of the GTA multifamily rental data and analytics coverage for Data Solutions, which is scheduled for March 31st, following the initial launch of Calgary. Please find the link above the podcast recording. Thanks so much for listening in and hope you have a great week ahead. Thank you.